If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. Welcome. You are tuned into Monuments to Me, brought to you by Revolt. This podcast is a space for honest and relevant conversations meant to recharge Black women and inspire you on your journey. We're your hosts, Akila Friend and Ty McRae, and each week we'll be addressing a range of topics from self-care, entrepreneurship, to politics and relationships. Join us as we explore the ups and downs and bask in the joys of Black womanhood. Black women and those who love Black women, welcome back to this protected space. This is Monuments to Me, and again, we're your hosts. I'm Akila Friend. I'm Ty McRae. And today, y'all, we talking about leaving our nine-to-fives, what it means to leave our nine-to-fives, shifting the narrative <laughs> around that and really just you know, letting these corporations and those who, and the powers that be know that you won't break my soul, right? Like we will be talking about everything that really our personal journeys today is just a podcast between, or the episode is really between Ty and myself. No guests today, because I think between the two of us, we have a wealth of experience and, and now a wealth of firsthand knowledge around this whole, this whole journey. So how about we just get right into it? Get right into it. Cause there's been a lot that's gone on with just the both of us since we've launched the podcast related to this topic. So I wonder if we start with you because you've gone through all the changes recently. How does it feel to be freshly out of a day job? Okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, to be honest, it feels I'm still in this state of I wouldn't call it shock, but just, you know, tranquility. You know, I, I haven't fully rested in the fact that, okay, I do not have a nine to five. And I think that's just because work in totality has not stopped. <laughs> We're still obviously doing this podcast revolt, Black Girl Stuff, which is the other show that I'm on, on is still very much active. So I haven't had a large ton of time to really sit with the fact that I don't have a full on nine to five to go to. Also knowing that today marks not even to make today marks two days officially um so are you fresh still very very fresh i mean fresh fresh off the corporate boat this is not this is not something yet that i've really grappled with but it has been a week since it's been made known and i think just to give a little more clarity i think also the difference between the two two of us one it sounds like with you with the nine to five choice it was by choice mine wasn't fully a choice executed by me 
So I have Ooh. just to, to delve into that. Mm-hmm. So I've been with my employer, my most recent employer, for about a year. Within that, you know, as we mentioned before, I was vice president of content, but I also was doing this show over the past month, right? So this is still very fresh in terms of what we're building and just what I've been building with Revolt. They felt that, you know, actually with me doing that and this, it's not a possibility that I can do both. And so it was actually their decision to let me go. So I've been late. I didn't know and that's that. Kind of what's yeah, I know. I was like, let me just save it for the episode. <laughs> yes. How did so that, that feel? Because mm-hmm. I know that you have so many amazing things in your life. And from the outside looking in, it's like, this is a blessing. This is your time. All of the things that you really wanted are happening. But it still hits different when someone else is like, you got to go versus when you made the decision yourself. So was that painful? That's that's exactly it. It's kind of a it's not like the decision probably wouldn't have been made, but I would have wanted the opportunity to operate on my own time. You know what I mean? Especially knowing that this is I feel like this was sort of, you know, like you said, a lot of things aligning, a lot of things Mm -hmm. coming into play right now. I feel like this is a moment right now that I've been working towards, but at the same time, it felt pretty calculated and it felt pretty dismissive to not include me in a decision that would affect me, right? It was not like there was a warning. It was not like there was, you know, hey, you got to do this or else. It was just like, well, I'm going to take the power into my own hands and decide to say, this is what you're going to do now. You have no choice but to jump full, full throttle into this other space, which I've been doing anyway, but... I've been showing that I can balance it and I feel like other people decided otherwise. And it was kind of, it was, it was a shock. I wouldn't say upset, but I am upset (laughs) now thinking through it more. So I I don't have the right to be upset. Right. You get to have your feelings, girl. Yes. It's like, it's a whole bundle of feelings. It's because it's not like, again, this is what I love doing this creative piece, especially with the media industry. I think we're used to the idea of people doing more than one thing. And so it seemed very, very much annoying that I was then placed in the, in the position where, okay, other people can do more than one thing, but you, we're going to make you choose. And I can't help but feel some type of way that it was like a black company that did that, you know? <laughs> you know, corporations are corporations, but I understand the feeling. Here's my thing. I used to work in HR. My question, and this money's always touchy, sometimes it's a blessing when the employer initiates because there's a little bit of a package. You get a little bit of a parachute. Mm -hmm. Did you walk away with your bag? Please tell me you did. We are in the midst of figuring that out. (laughs) Okay. I said it's been, it's been a few days. So (laughs) it's been a few days. We are in the midst. Um, We are absolutely in the midst of that. And I think that when I talk to people and I always recommend hiring a lawyer, people often think about, well, the thing about like all the big lawsuits that they've read in the newspaper, and I always like to tell people business is business. You want an expert negotiating. Whenever, whenever money is involved, I think you want expert advice. You, when you buy a house, you have a lawyer. When you sign any contract, you usually have legal advice. And when you leave a company, you're signing a contract, so get legal advice. And some people don't think that it's worth the money. I, every time I sign a document, pretty much I have a lawyer look at it. If I sign a lease for an apartment, I have a lawyer look at it. Um, when I sign an employment agreement, when I'm starting at a company, I have a lawyer look at it. So my biggest advice is find quality legal advice. And I'm not saying that 
you're suing them. I'm not saying you're going to like some high profile plaintiff's attorney, but talk to an employment person. And sometimes it's just about understanding what is available to you. Because again, if you're not on in HR and you haven't seen these exit packages, you just don't even know what's an option. So that is always my advice. <laughs> yeah. And uh, first of all, we are on, and let me, know, let me just tell you, we are on the same page there. <laughs> so I agree, <laughs> especially when, at least for me, this is something I haven't experienced before. Right. So it's, it's one thing to, and even though, yes, I've hear, I hear a lot of people talk about like, oh my gosh, this is just, it can be amazing. And this was the, the push I needed. This happened to me 10 years ago and now I'm this and that. Mm-hmm. So I believe in that as well. But when you're in the midst of it, like I said, there's just a whole rampant of emotions happening right now that roller coaster. I'm just not, it's a roller coaster and I'm trying my best to not let it affect the joy that I also feel with what is happening right now with revolt. So. Yeah. And both can be true at the same time. I'll just add one more thing about the lawyer stuff is I think a lot of time as black people, sometimes even without consciously thinking about it, you think about the other black people who are behind you. And like, I don't want to be that black person who like cause all this trouble. And I always tell people business is business. Take your emotions out of it. I'm not saying cause a big thing, but get what you deserve. And it's okay to ask for what you deserve. And it's okay to know your worth. And it's okay to have someone advocate on your behalf because there's a huge power differential. Like you're one human talking to a big corporation. And sometimes that feels daunting, but you know, we could talk after I I got, I got some names and numbers if you need them. (laughs) And and I will get all the names and all the numbers. I love it. Thank you, sis. I also feel too. Another thing is, is like, I don't know. It's, it just also felt like there was a level of folks putting their limitations on me because, again, the way it happened and the why behind it, the fact that I'm doing this, even though I have been doing podcasting since before and they know that and all the, all the, the, um, all the things, I think because it, it felt like a level of they didn't think it would get here. <laughs> You know, and because it got here, there was there was oftentimes conversations around, I wouldn't do this if I was you. Like, I was told that, you know, I wouldn't, I, why are you doing this? Don't bother. Mm. Let's do something else. You know, especially, again, this is a media company saying this. And this is a, my black superior saying this. And yeah, it, it sounds just... like, <laughs> it sounds almost paternal. Like, we know what's best for you mm-hmm. and right. you're not making the right decision. That just is messed up. Like, you, you actually don't know yeah. what's best for me, but I don't know mm-hmm. anything about the company, but it almost sounds like yeah. they were threatened by your success and they didn't know that it was going to get as big. Like, if you got a, a cute podcast, that's one thing, but like, oh, she's got a mm-hmm. TV show. That's mm-hmm. another thing. So I'm wondering if part of them was really being threatened by your success and not feeling like you could do these amazing big projects and still show up for them, which is my problem. This is gets to the crux of some of my challenges with nine to five jobs is they tend to be all consuming. Like there's not a lot of roles at my level that I felt like gave me the space to pursue some of my other interests. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. 
Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. And you just have to get to a point where you have to decide. And I've seen people balance multiple things beautifully. And I tried for a while, but... You know, there were multiple reasons why, like, I left my my role. But one of them was this idea of what are all the things I want to do in my life? And right now I'm giving 95% to my day job, 5% to everything else, not taking care of myself. And, like, life, I don't know, the pandemic taught me life is super short. It's shorter than we realize. And so if my time is limited, do I want to give you the best years of my life, the best hours of my day, all of my mental space. And I actually think if more employers gave their employees the space to be full humans, we wouldn't see what we're seeing now, which is basically called the great resignation. Like, you know, people are leaving jobs en masse. I just think it has a lot to do with balance. Was there a moment that you, because I I completely agree with that. I think exhaustion is real, burnout is real, and oftentimes that's because you're trying to balance, you know, what could be considered too much at Mm -hmm. one time. Was there a moment when you felt like, okay, now I notice that this burnout is happening, or I notice that I'm devoting all this time, like you said, (laughs) towards this nine to five, and I don't want to do that anymore? Oh, was there one moment? I don't know. I think it's like... The word perfect storm comes up. Like there were so many things that converged in one moment. And so whenever I t- people ask me like, oh, like what made you want to do your own thing? I never know how to answer because it's, it's m- many variables. But we'll start off with one. I've been trying to take a break to just explore different options for a very long time. So I used to work at one tech company that at the b- very beginning of the pandemic had layoffs and I got laid off and they gave a very generous exit package. And people at first were calling me. They're like, girl, are you okay? And I'm like, I am so good. good. And that was going <laughs> to be my moment to explore all the things I wanted to do. Me and a group of friends had started like this educational like game company that I was looking into. I've always wanted to do a podcast. I was like, oh, maybe I'll do some writing. I had the screenplay idea. Like all my little crazy creative ideas, like this was going to be in my moment. I would say within two weeks, I had another job. Because I was also talking. And I was like, this job is a great opportunity. I get to be on an executive team. I get to work with a company that, you know, I was familiar with. I was like, the break will happen. So I feel like I've been toying around with this idea of, I'm calling it a break, but like leaving traditional work for a while and just never did it. Like life kept happening. Then we got to talk about money. 2021 happens my one of the tech companies I worked for went public and was doing very well. Um, my current company, you know, at the time they were their stock prices were doing well. I was in for like the first I was in a financial position where I was like, you could leave. This is very possible right. for you. And I say that from a clear place of privilege. Mm-hmm. I don't have any kids. I am not responsible for any other human. And at the time, I didn't have a dog. I literally was sitting at my desk and I was looking at the one plant that I had. I was like, that is the only thing I have to keep alive. <laughs> I love you it. Know? I love so it. I think I people are like, why did you quit? And sometimes the answer is because I can. That's what was it. happening behind the scenes, though, were like some personal health challenges that made me really realize 
if tomorrow is not promised, do you want to give your full day to what you're doing now? That's a great question. That's and a great question. The answer sometimes was like, well, maybe. And this, then most days it was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save it for one of our health podcasts. But I literally had several moments during the pandemic and I was going through all this health stuff where I was like, it's the kind of health stuff that is worthy of a Grey's Anatomy episode. Where like I am driving home from the doctor and the doctor calls me and they're like, look up tell me the name of the street you see because we have to stay on the phone with you until you go to like to the nearest emergency room. We we will stay on the phone and make sure you get there. And that would have been fine, except I was like, I'm going to go home and get my laptop. So I can relate. I I can relate. Exactly. (laughs) Like you, I was so caught up in this. I'm a high performer. I work comes first, you know, when you are in it, and yes, you said the financial piece was, was perhaps not the biggest factor, but at the same time, that was your life, right? This was exactly. your life, and this is what you know, and this is what is common to everyone else. Most people have a job or some level of daily commitment, so it seems odd to, to step away from that, even if it's for yourself, mm-hmm. especially and, when it's for yourself. <laughs> and I think it builds up your whole life because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I was the kind of person, like, even if I wasn't quite feeling well, I still went to school. Like nothing was going to get in the way of achievement. And I just think over time, I took it too far and lost perspective on some things that were really important in life, like basic physical human health, relationships and nurturing those. And I think all of that came to a head in 2021 where I was just like, okay, what's really important to you? And so what is it about 2021? Was it the health reason? Was it, I mean, honest, the pandemic? What was it about 2021 that made you question it? It was like an existential crisis. So I got this job and literally two days later, a close family like member, she was basically my aunt. She passes away. And I'm like watching like my mother, this is like her road dog, her best friend, like go through this and she was 75 which is relatively young so the pandemic was happening and we were just watching people pass away on mass and so there was like this new perspective on mortality Mm -hmm. that I just didn't have like my parents you know in their 70s living in New York during the pandemic like working to get them out of the city and keep them safe So you're just thinking about life differently. Mm -hmm. Plus I was home, like my, all my jobs involved some element of travel. In fact, my last job, um, right before the pandemic, I was traveling like 30, 40% of the time. So now I finally am sitting still enough. And so it was the health thing. It was that my day job had its own shenanigans, which were funny. And if you, you know, you could read about it in the New York Times. I don't have to get into it here. <laughs> you gonna have to name the company so we can read. <laughs> you don't have to do your own legwork. Oh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> but I like it. <laughs> I think that it was all of those things together. So you start thinking about okay, what's important to me? Because you're alone in an apartment with your thoughts yeah, <laughs> for the first that's time. It. Yeah. So I think it was. I all completely relate to that. 
No, I, I completely relate to that. I think there was a time, especially during the pandemic, where, you know, again, people were forced, they were laid off or they were this or that, but a lot of people made that choice to leave. And I was thinking whether or not, okay, what would this really look like? I mean, finances and the need to keep finances is what kept me <laughs> in my job, but also liking what I did and mm -hmm. feeling like I can balance both. It was still in the media industry. It was still doing something. You know, I, I thought this was literally still, I'm working towards my passion anyway. And that sometimes I think is another part about the nine to five or, or, you know, doing your own entrepreneurial thing full time that gets people to stall. It's not everyone is working in a nine to five that they hate, you know? And so this was kind of my situation where it wasn't something that I hated and it wasn't something that I couldn't see a direct line to the end goal of being, let's say more the creative, being more of the talent. Mm hmm. I'm so glad you brought that up because yeah. one of my biggest pet peeves is this glamorization of not working a nine to five and doing your own thing, especially so I worked yes. in tech and everyone, I think there is a glamorization of the founder, like someone who mm -hmm. took a big leap, quit their job, founded a company yes. and became rich. Succeeded. Those, and all, all in like six months. <laughs> of course. I'm like, you're reading this in some story. You're watching it on in some speech. That journey mm -hmm. took years. They had somewhere they had the financial means to do so. And I think we glamorize this like very narrow narrative that drives me crazy. There is nothing wrong with working a nine to five. I currently don't work with a corporation. I have my own coaching and consulting business. But here's the thing, at any moment, I could go back. Like people act right. like it's all or nothing. I think our generation is gonna have a million different careers. Like we're gonna, you know, my father worked for the same company for 28 years. That is not yeah. gonna be the story for people our age. So I think no. we act like you have to like be in or you're out. Like, no, you have, a long life, a long career. So I, that really drives me crazy. Like you could have a job you like, or get this, you could have a life where work is not the most important thing to you. So it doesn't matter That's if you have a job you too, like. And it doesn't matter. Oh my goodness. That is another point because I think, I mean, and it's partially our society, right? It's partially our nation. Like we're, we're a capitalist society. And with that, how do you get capital? Oftentimes it's through that nine to five or through that work that you do, whether it be a nine to five or not. And on top of that, we are in a country that specifically glorifies the story, whether that be the story of the founder or the story of the nine to fiver, the, you know, the person who's working that day job, the idea of passion is always at the crux of that. And because of that, I think we're brainwashed into thinking that what you do needs to be the most important thing mm -hmm. that needs to move the needle that needs to be what drives you versus what you do simply supplies what you actually enjoy in life which might yeah. actually be just you know leisure it could yeah, be leisure so it, it could be living it could be your could be living it could be your your family i remember when i um yeah. first came out to mexico so i spent some time in Mexico and I met this woman. I said, oh, well, how do you spend your time? And she was like, girl, just living. And I realized, I was like, well, first I'm not in the Bay anymore because no one would say that. But yes. there are people who do contribute to society, but work is not the central focus. Maybe it's community, maybe it's their art, like maybe it's nothing that produces income. And I just don't think, it was like a mental shift for me. Because the first thing that happened when I quit my job is I was literally talking to my therapist and I was like, I don't even know how to introduce myself anymore. 
Because in the U.S., you go out and you meet people, and the second thing they ask you after your name is, what do you do? And I'm like, well, how do I – first of all, you say you have a coaching and consulting business. 50% of people, it it goes right over the head. The other 50% think she's unemployed and she just made that shit up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm coaching. (laughs) They're like, you're like a sports team? I'm like, no, there's there's a whole profession. I'm really good at it, I promise. So – and I, I promise you, it goes beyond just putting quotes online. <laughs> like, I'm yes. actually talking to people and getting, getting it. No, you're going to love this. Love so it. I'm at brunch with a friend, and there's a retired pro athlete at the table next to us with his friends. And so, like, the table start talking. And, at, you know, yes. we, yeah, we're talking, and he asks, he's like, oh, so what do you do? And I go, oh, I have a coaching and consulting business. He looks at my friend, he's, and he's like, oh, what do you do? And she's like, well, I do marketing for XYZ company. He turns and looks at me and goes, at least you have rich friends. And I was like, this happened months ago, Stop. and I, I, I will never forget it. I'm still like, oh, he, he doesn't think I have a real job. And it just he, clarified right. for me that there are so many people who hear that you're doing your own thing and legit think she's just waiting for her next like quote real opportunity this is the in-between right yes (laughs) she's she's like some people are calling it my eat pray love year and i'm like i actually show up and work every day i don't work 10 hours a day and i don't intend to but they it's like a mental people think that like i'm on some permanent vacation and there was a moment like when i first left my job i would say i did two maybe three months of of almost absolutely nothing like there was just I a lot that. of HGTV because my body needed it. My <laughs> mind needed it. I think it's important too. just, I want to touch on how we approach this nine to five versus it's not even fun employed versus entrepreneurship life specifically as black women. Because for instance, for me, like, again, this is super fresh. And so I'm soaking in the knowledge, but, but at the same time, like I haven't even told my family yet, you know? And part of that mm-hmm. is, is because I don't want that added pressure of, are you sure you don't want a nine to five again in addition to what you're doing? Because everyone supports what I'm doing. They love it. And I think a big part of that love was also knowing that, okay, at the end of the day, she's good. She has this nine to five. Almost every day when I would tell my mom, for instance, that, hey, I'm doing this podcast right now. We're recording this episode or I have to go to the Revolt Studios for X, Y, and Z. She said, "Okay, you 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 checked in with your job. Like, did you did you do did you do what you need to do here?" And that was a consistent question, not out of just like disbelief that I'm actually doing the other things, but more so, this is the the world that she knows. Like you mentioned, your dad working twenty plus years in a certain company. That's my mom as well in a stable nursing position that folks can register the minute she says, "Oh, you know, I'm a registered nurse. You get it." I went through that when I first moved to tech because I worked, I was at Cornell for 11 years, first getting my PhD, then staying to work. And when I left to move to the Bay and go to tech, I initially like did not, I had a job, I was interviewing for jobs. I had signed a contract. I had a lease all before I told my family. And it was just more because they were ultimately like very encouraging, but there's just in the back of your mind where I know I want to do this and I don't want to be like talked out of it. I want to make sure yes. that I am clear about the path that I want to go on. And there was parts of it that I think some people in my world just didn't understand. Like they had never heard of the company that I was going to work for. It just seems so risky. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that there's a part of parents and family. They just want you to be okay. And they want you to be safe and I just, 
the safety and the predictability, there are moments when I need it. And there's moments where I'm like, I'm a little bit more adventurous than that. So I also think it's like when people are judging you, I'm learning that it's less about me and it's more about them, their worldview and their perspective and just learning how to be secure enough in my purpose and what I know is right for me to still be able to move forward anyway. And it's not easy and it's still a journey, but I think as time passes and I work on it, it gets better. Like, yeah. And just to be, I can already see this is getting better because to be honest in years past, or let's say if I was going through something of this magnitude, I would go through it. You know what I mean? It would be a me thing. And when I feel like I was at a place where I can tell some sort of finale to the story or on the road to telling, like tying that bow is when the world, my family, et cetera, knows about what was going on because it it felt like, you know, okay, this happened, but it's all good. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I wonder from myself too, is just if it's a level of, again, just black womanhood if feeling like, okay, I need to, who's got me if I don't have me? Or if it's just beyond race, beyond gender, and it's more so a thing where it's like, I have to do it because I, I'm just wired that way, you know? I think and it's so a little different. It's a little bit of both because as you're going through a change, you're leaving certain familiar, familiar things behind and moving into a new space. And sometimes you don't have the supportive community to go with you. And so even in this moment, I'm still looking for other people who are on entrepreneurial journeys, Yeah. other people who are doing multiple, you know, because my community before I, I worked in HR, I did a lot of diversity work. I did a lot of consulting. Those are an amazing group of people that I know. And most of my friends over the last six, seven years, I made through work. And so now yes. that I am not working in the same kinds of ways in the same industry, it's like I'm having to build a new network. And we're going to use this phrase again, the messy middle. Like as you're in this transition, you're building up every, almost every part of your life. And I don't think that people need to go through it alone, but you don't immediately find the group that comes with you. Right. You don't immediately find it or it like at the same time, let's say if you are actively saying, I'm not going through it alone. Sometimes you life reveals that actually you might be, (laughs) you might be doing that anyway. I want to talk about a little bit for the folks. And I think we can do two sides of that coin for the folks who are actively planning to leave their nine and five and those who might be thrusted. Like what are the things, if you are actively planning, if you're in a tie situation, what would you need to do? What should you do in order to be really ready when you jump out that day where you're no longer clocking in and you are in a position, putting yourself in a position where you're at least okay, as okay as you think you might be. Yeah, what are I some think of those things? I keep coming back to finances because I think that's a big mm-hmm. part of it. And again, I think we glamorize people who just take the leap. I don't think everyone needs to do that. For example, you had a large period where there was an overlap between having yes. a job and what you're doing now. So you yes. were doing multiple things. And I mm-hmm. think for a lot of people, that is a viable option if to do that. It was also easy for me to take the leap because I've done consulting before. In fact, there were many times, even when I had day jobs, right? Like I knew I had the network, I had the expertise. It it wasn't brand new to me. So I knew that I would be okay. And even if I wasn't like, I think people should just sit there and calculate how long can I survive when things don't go well? Because we hear a lot of success stories of entrepreneurs. I want to keep reinforcing. I don't think that stuff happens overnight. So like, I think part of it is just crunching numbers and where can you be a little bit like more realistic? I remember going to LA, 
going shopping. I think I bought like a YSL bag. And I was just like, a couple weeks later, like when I I was like, those days might, you might not be buying another one of those bags for another couple of months. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't need it. You didn't need this bag. You know what I mean? So really thinking about like, where can you be a little bit more prudent, Mm -hmm. beefing up your network so that you have opportunities. Those are things for me. And honestly, my biggest expense besides rent was health insurance. It's like, there's some like basic logistical things you don't think of. I think our society favors people attached to corporations. And it's one of my Mm -hmm. pet peeves. So like, you should not have to. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, But the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba work at a corporation to be taken care of in this world, but that's how we've set it up and I hope we move in a different direction. Once I figured that out, shopped around and found some better options, it was like, okay, it freed up a lot of mental space. I think that's that's the first thing I would think about. And if jumping and like just walking away makes sense for you, I'm not saying not to do that, but I think for most people, that's just not realistic. I was about to say, let's be real about it, especially I think for me, I've always had the mentality where If you are working for a corporation, working for a job, you have a paycheck, any minute your lifestyle can change. So that is the, that was the mindset that I've always had. And that's what encouraged me to have that idea of I'm going to work multiple until I feel secure enough to walk away. Obviously this, again, this Mm -hmm. happened before I felt the need to make that leap, but knowing that I always had that mindset of like, listen, you know, your lifestyle is not determined ultimately by you it's determined by someone else and that always rubbed me the wrong way it made me in terms of Mm -hmm. like knowing that i wanted to eventually branch out and really jump full force into being this uh creative i knew i needed to i needed to work twice as hard three times as hard and that meant taking on the the nine to five but also taking on opportunity when it came forward and just honestly deciding that there were some things I would have to sacrifice. We talked about being more prudent with the budget, but also being more prudent with your, I think your time. Like I sacrificed a lot of sleep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There was, I can't (laughs) tell you the amount of the, I could probably tell you the amount of hours I slept in a given week. (laughs) It wasn't Mm -hmm. sustainable, but it was what made me feel comfortable. It was what made me feel okay financially as well. I wasn't ready to jump out there at the Mm -hmm. first sight of an opportunity it meant okay if you're not ready you have to sacrifice something and for me it was sleep it was it was less social time it was Mm -hmm. obviously relocating from a more expensive city of los angeles to atlanta even though atlanta is getting up there but things of that nature i think for me made me ready now where i'm not at the point think thankfully that i'm crumbling because someone snatched something that i knew was never fully mine you know all right. I mean, I'm listening you t- to you talk and I'm like, I'm at a point, I don't know if it's my age or just where I am, where balance and health is literally the most important thing to me. It is. And so is. This part is of me leaving was saying, <laughs> I can't live a life yeah. where Mm-mm. I'm not sleeping, I'm not exercising, I'm not taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. And I really think that again, we glamorize this hustle culture. I hear people talk about, oh, you should have this many streams of income. And I'm like, why do we live in a world where you have to have that many streams of income to survive and live a fulfilling life? Okay, talk about it. Like, why? (laughs) 
why isn't one enough? And again, for most people, it's not. But let's more question why than make them feel like they have to go out and have six, seven, yes. you know, hustles. Yes. Yes. So I think a lot of it is lifestyle. And when I was doing all this reading on the great resignation, because I was feeling so cliche, like I'm one of the many millions of Americans who left their job. And a lot of people were talking about balance and really just yeah. saying like, this is more important to me. You spend most of our waking hours at work. And I was like, I want to spend most of my waking hours with people that I care about and who care about that me. That you care about doing the things that you care about. I feel like, Exactly. And again, going back to, to the beginning where it's like this was thrusted on me, but it wasn't, again, in this place of tranquility. And, and I think a lot large part of that is because I'm, I have the opportunity now to reclaim my life, you know, reclaim that balance that I know is necessary. I was saying beforehand, I, I just finally got a trainer talk about budgeting, but I just finally got a trainer. Um, <laughs> got a trainer. And part of that is because I put mm-hmm. the things that is necessary I know for me to live that lifestyle that I know I want and deserve because I'm trying to make everything else work um, that I feel like is super necessary for me to for me to live that life that I'm proud of right so that yeah. meant the first thing or that used to be proud of now I'm, I'm learning to these are the things therapy you know sleep working out eating well are the things that also honestly make me feel good. I feel good that I'm doing it, but they would be the first thing that would go because I felt like, okay, I don't, it's fine. I, I need to do other things because I want to get other places. And when I get there, then I can, then I can have this. And then you recognize it never fully, <laughs> you never fully arrive. <laughs> my, the new phrase that I often tell myself is I ask, could you do this for the next five years? Because mm-hmm. there's so much in my life where I would hustle telling myself it was temporary and everything takes longer than you expected. So I was getting a PhD, Mm. not taking care of myself. I mean, I was the Red Bull queen. We were taking some other things other than Red Bull, but we're not going to talk about it on the podcast. I I mean, this could could be rated E. (laughs) My mom is listening. But anyway, we got the degree, but it wasn't sustainable. So I'm like, oh, but it's just going to be for this time period. Yes. And then you get a new job and you're like, okay, I'm just going to do this for now and prove myself. And like life keeps happening that way. And you're just like, no, you have more time than you think. And I was, I'm so goal oriented that I used to always hustle and really sacrifice to achieve said goal. And once you get that goal, there's always going to be another one. And so Mm -hmm. how can I do that in a way? And I think that's why I bring up the health stuff of 2021 and also watching the world go through a health challenge where it just made me realize like you got to take care of yourself. It's interesting that in both of our, I was going to just say, it's interesting in both of these situations, there's a moment. You know, whether you obviously, like like we said, decided to say enough is enough. This is what I'm going to yeah. do and I'm ready for it. But it, it sounded like health and obviously the world was your moment. My moment was literally it happening. <laughs> so it, it's always, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we already, I think there's a level of needing that push. And I wonder if we'll get to a place where maybe that's life. It, it, you know, you, you need some level of a push, some level of a sign to, to showcase that, no, you are truly enough for what's next. I wonder if we'll get to a place where it's no longer needed, where you kind of just do it because the freedom to do it because you want to do it point blank period. I mean, that would be my wish for all people, especially black women that 
you just have the space to take a moment to decide what you want to do because not everybody has an entrepreneurial dream. Again, I just keep emphasizing that we've glamorized these things, but maybe you're okay contributing to like everyone can't be an entrepreneur. People need employees, you know, but how can we create spaces where people can still have these full lives? I remember talking to a therapist and so you have some safety net, even though it's not what you want, like, feel a little bit more agency to take this risk, to take this jump, to do something that works out for you. Like very often the worst case scenario is actually not that bad, you know? And so once I had that perspective, I think it just shifted a little bit how, you know, I approach life and how I make decisions. Like I'm calculated, I'm strategic, but I also know, okay, if this doesn't work out, I have the skills and the tools to rebuild again. And I always point out my privilege, financial privilege. I have a PhD, like, and I don't have people depending on me in terms of mouths to feed. But I think mm-hmm. most people have maybe a little bit more freedom to try things and really embrace life differently than they give themselves credit for. They think. I was just about to say, it's one thing to accept the privilege, but even within that, sometimes that can be a burden in and of itself. Like for me, I have a master's degree, I have a business degree. And at first I was like, well, you know what? If I didn't go full throttle in this a couple years ago, what would have been the point? You know, I felt the need to mm-hmm. also, and again, I enjoyed that side of the business, the media side of the business, and so, or the business side of media. And so there was no problem for me to jump full throttle in that. And I think now I'm recognizing there's a timing for everything. I mm-hmm. needed those years. <laughs> I needed those years to not only <laughs> build it up, but I needed also to, <laughs> to feel as though, okay, if I jump into this full time, there's a level of security that I now feel because it's not just the background, it's not just, but it's also the fact that, wow, if I was able to jump from master student to vice president in less than three years, I think I'm not dreaming big enough for Come myself. Come on, humble right? brag. So, so, so clearly, so clearly, <laughs> clearly I know I will be okay. And it's one of those things where it's like, knowing that, knowing that has made this process a little easier and for other people, just I think the biggest thing, especially if you're in this moment of thinking, if you already are knee deep in it, um, whether again, it's your own self or not, just writing down the things you've been able to do or recognizing mm-hmm. the things you've been able to do with what you already have, not financially, not, you know, whatever, but really just the things you've been able to quote unquote achieve in your life, but the things you already have. And you'll notice pretty, pretty early on that you're actually okay. You're, you're going to be more than okay. And all of those things took time. It's not going to be an overnight journey. I'm telling myself that actively now. This is not overnight. <laughs> I have to remind myself every day that everything that I have achieved, has, many of them have been incredible, and every last one has taken longer than I expected. Longer and than I expected. <laughs> you always look, whether it's social media, whether it's TV, you always see someone's edited journey. And I mean, there are nights where it's me and Nipsey Hussle listening, like, (laughs) and he has this outtake in one of his songs where he's like, I went through every emotion on the Mm. way to this success. And I have to remind myself, like, this is a roller coaster of emotions. Mm -hmm. And I can be honest there. I would say at least once a month, I find myself looking at LinkedIn jobs. Like if we have to do this and it could be for whatever reason, that could be 
frustrated with the client. Sometimes I do miss working in teams. Sometimes I look at the stock market and be like, you know, that equity was sweet, <laughs> you know? Right, right. So like there are moments where I'm like, okay. And then of course there are things where I'm like, okay, what if I do something outside of having a corporate job that makes it difficult mm-hmm. to go back? Yes. Like, do you ever worry about that? Like you're going to say something on your talk show and then five years later, you're going to want a corporate job and then be like, yeah. I don't know. Yes. Yes. I honestly <laughs> did. Even with this. And this is, we, I feel like oh, we are uplifting. <laughs> Not like the talk show isn't either, but I think even with this and, and what got me out of that pr- fairly quickly, I mean, we're still knee deep, so who knows? There, there could be a moment, forgive us. But it made me think, well, if I think that way, that means I'm not going full throttle here, you know, in the same way that I would on my nine to five, you know what I mean? Because I'm already thinking about the idea of going back and what I need mm. to do here to kind of build that proverbial resume to go back, you know? And if you really are in it, be in it. And so it's, I think it's real. It's real I, to say... I look at I get what you're saying. Right. I get what you're saying and I'm inspired, but I there's a part <laughs> of me that's still realistic like, all right. I have tattoos, but you can't see them. And I've been wanting to right. get like a, a more visible one. And part of me is like, okay, if you're back on someone's executive team and you got a neck tattoo, mm. is that how is that going to roll? <laughs> and then I'm just like, you why do you care? So I still realize there's things that I'm unpacking and unlearning and for sure. What is living your life to the fullest? What is being prudent? What is being smart? Because the word risk, we just throw it around, but there's there's bad risks and there's good risks. So I'm still Exactly. I don't have it all figured out is what I need to say and I do want to tattoo I mean, when I say yeah. <laughs> Can we can we just get monuments to me tatted on our arm? Like, let's just, let's mm, just. I'll go with you, but <laughs> now I know if I ever get a tattoo with you, you're going first because there's no way. There's no way. All right. Well, we make it to season six. I'll consider it. But <laughs> six. Okay. All right. You heard her. Go ahead and listen and stream so that we can we can get this going. <laughs> so what's been, I know you're two days in, but what's been your favorite thing about having a little bit more space and freedom? Oh my gosh. Favorite things. I think the biggest thing is one, recognizing there's no emails. I don't get the, the chimes <laughs> every couple of minutes. Like I had a habit and have a habit of like, you know, especially throughout the pandemic and since then of looking at my phone, looking at my computer, looking at my email all hours of the night, all hours of the morning, there was no nine to five anymore for me. It was literally always on. And I think the best thing is realizing that one, not as many people are checking for me. (laughs) And two, that there really is so much time in a day. Like I was in a situation where I just felt like there was no time. I was Mm -hmm. always felt like I was catching up to my own life. (laughs) You know, I was literally just go, go, go. And not even some days realizing it. And on those days I was like, well, a good thing I love coffee. But on most days it was kind of like, I was literally catching up. And so now I just feel like I'm really more so in control of what's going on. That goes back to what you're saying around balance. It's just more so now I just needed to take some things off or have some things taken off. Sometimes it's not about you figuring out a way to juggle. It's more about figuring out what needs to be removed. And I think with this nine to five, it's really helped me determine there's certain things 
in my life outside of a job that honestly need to be removed. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now I can, and so that I can feel a little more at peace and again in control. Yeah. I think the thing I like the most is having more control over my time. Like that just mentally has been a huge shift and being able to having more control over what I say yes to. So I was on a call the other day with a prospective client. I got to think about it and say, this is not a project I'm interested in. This is not a team I want to work with. And I got to send the very polite email of thank you very much, but you know, I won't be able to work with you on this. Here's a few people that I can recommend. And mm-hmm. I just felt like in the day job, I, you don't have that control over saying yes or no. As much as you, um, as much as you like to think you do, you, do not, you, you do don't. <laughs> and you have some, but at some point you're going to have to work with people you don't want to work with or do something that, you know, doesn't like make you or fulfill your soul. And yeah. I just have so much more control. It's not all roses, but that's why I also bring up finances is like to be in a position where I don't have to say yes to everything because I have enough projects that do work out really well that I get to say no to other ones. And I, and I have, you know, I've built a cushion and a safety net that puts me in that position. Okay. So I love that. That's freedom. a good point. I think just because you don't have a nine to five doesn't mean you are not saying yes to everything because sometimes you might be saying yes to even more things (laughs) they say nine to five versus 24 seven you know and sometimes you are saying yes to all all things because you have not built that cushion or you're Mm -hmm. you're in the midst of that yeah and like I said I've been a consultant before so before I went in-house at my first tech company I was working with a consulting firm and we literally said yes to everything we wanted the work we wanted to put our name out there and it did not feel good we worked on a lot of projects where I was just like come on now and so it's years later that I'm in this like privileged position to be like, no, thank you. You know, so it just feels good. And then also to do passion projects that, you know, it's not about the financial return. So I think it just feels really good to not, to make decisions purely based on joy. Like, you know, even when this podcast opportunity came up to think about this is work that I think is so important just to be in conversation with black women to have conversations for black women. It's something I've always wanted to do. I have the mental space to do it, the opportunity to to do it. And just to have the freedom to say yes to those type of things just feels, I want that for everybody. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, that's actually where we should go. Akila, what is your dream for black women? (sighs) My dream for black women, especially those currently contemplating the nine to five versus, you know, freelance entrepreneurship or in the midst of it right now is to really find that support, be that support and recognize how well you can support yourself. Right. So I think, I guess the dream is all around support this week for me. I think it's important to recognize as black women and something that I'm literally, as I mentioned, actively on that journey now, that is okay to really be open about all parts of your journey, even when you're in the midst of it, especially when you're in the midst of it. I'm grateful not only already to Ty and and this entire crew when I mentioned the fact that, oh my gosh, this major life shift just happened for me and I'm still figuring out how I feel about it, that, <laughs> that there are literal advice or just, you know, honestly a sounding board. And on the flip side too, even though, yes, I mentioned, I haven't told my family yet, that's probably a, probably a goal after this, but I've told a lot of friends and I've 
gotten the same sort of feedback and check-ins and things of that nature. And honestly, and when I'm talking to myself about it, a level of just, again, wow, like this is, this is that turning page, that, that story that you're actively writing now. And I'm as weirded out of, as I am about this stage. I'm also very excited again, like I, I want that for folks that are currently in the midst of it right now is just to recognize the power of support and the power of like seeking that out, but also being that for yourself as well. What about yeah. you? What's your dream for black women? I wish that every black woman has a moment in their lives where they don't have to work and be worried about work or finances. Like, what is it like? I'm not talking about a two week vacation in between jobs. Yeah. I'm talking like months. And I know that's such a luxury and I want more of it for black women, just where you have the mental space. Cause it takes a few weeks to unwind the burnout. It takes a few weeks to like get enough sleep and then your mind and the world starts opening up. And it's such a luxury that I want so many more people to have access to. So I want, if, if I was a billionaire, I would start the sabbatical program for black women and just let people just do whatever they want. And some of that might be nothing. (laughs) And knowing that that's okay as well. (laughs) And that's okay as well. So that's what I would want for black women. I love that. Oh, I feel like that's, I mean, sign me up. Like (laughs) that sounds so, sounds so incredible. I feel like, I mean, this was amazing, but I think too, like just, just so y'all know, there's a lot more to expect in the coming weeks of this podcast. Clearly we can, we've got a lot going on in our personal lives, but when we talk to black women and and other guests that we'll have on board moving forward, there is just, it reveals so much again around like who we are as a people, who we are as a gender, who we are like kind of as a society. So what, what do we have on the horizon tide? Let the people know a little something. That's what I'm loving is because we're talking to people who have been on amazing journeys and I feel like I'm learning from them as I'm on my own journey. So we're going to talk to people about health, fertility, relationships, self-care. We have some great political discussions. You know, that's some of my favorite topics. So we have an amazing roster of guests and stay on this journey with us. We love you for listening, supporting. Most importantly, write a review and tell a friend. Exactly. So again, this has been Monuments to Me. Subscribe, rate, and review. It's available on all platforms. And then follow us personally to also stay on tune with all things happening with Monuments to Me and our own messy middle journeys that we're, we'll be having. The, the links to all of that is in the description box. Thank you for tuning into Monuments to Me. A special thank you to Revolt for creating the space for Black women to have important conversations. If you liked what you heard today, and we are so sure that you did, then subscribe, leave a review, and tell a friend to tell a friend about your new favorite podcast. Head over to Revolt.com to stay connected to all things Monuments to Me. And follow your hosts, Ty and Tequila, on Instagram. The link is in the show notes. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. 
But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.